0: Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So today is not our average episode of the show. Uh, We're celebrating quite an anniversary, I think, of, of all of my friends who have companies of their own. this I can't think of anybody else who, who we can say we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of Studio Neat. Really? The, the 10 years. I, mean, I can't think. 10 years seems like a long time.
1: It's like underscore must have been, or like da- Bernard, like David Bernard must have yeah, been around longer. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. I, maybe that's not true. Actually, I don't know. But it seems like they would have been.
0: Possibly. Possibly. But still, I think 10 years making stuff uh, is yeah. quite an achievement. And that is what we are celebrating today. Uh, October 3rd, 2010, right? Was the date mm-hmm. where you launched the Glyph Kickstarter campaign to the world and propelled into <laughs> uh, Kickstarter fame, right? I, I think it's. No, but genuinely, like, I'm not being. <laughs> Silly, right? Like the the studio neat Kickstarter campaign for the Glyph was at that time record breaking, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, uh... it was. So when we finished funding, we were the third most funded project of all time on Kickstarter. Right, uh, that which seems is crazy to think about <laughs> to me. because I'm pretty sure now on Kickstarter, like every day, there is a project that raises more money than the original glyph did. Oh, I'm sure there's like 50 that do. Yeah. Um, So that was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was like a documentary about the blues or something. And then that, Mm -hmm. do you remember that diaspora social network thing that was like kind of taken on Facebook?
0: Uh, I do not remember that at all.
2: Those, (laughs) those are the two. Those are the two that raised more than the glyph at the time. Diaspora?
1: Yeah, it was like they were trying to do a new social network that
2: was... It was like an open source, open. like, kind of privacy-based, uh, which is pretty forward-thinking, uh, um, uh, forward, forward thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, back in 2010. Man, that seems like such a long time ago. <laughs> but it was, though. 10 years was, is yeah. a
0: long time. Like, it is a long well, time. Well, especially in the
1: context of technology and stuff. Like, just thinking about, like, oh, yeah, the App Store. And, you know, just, like, things being so new and, like, the iPhone being so new. Well, and, I
0: think any period yeah. of time that has its own word is a long time. A decade, right? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's a, a long time. Um, and, yeah. as look, over those 10 years, Studio Neat has changed an incredible amount, right? Like it has gone, you have gone from uh, this, I think it was both a side project for you both at the time, right? Like it wasn't the thing, but I know it very quickly became your business. But then the products that you have offered has changed a lot over time. You've had different uh, aspirations. You know, like I know software was a big part of what you wanted to do and and has remained Mm. a part of the business, but I don't think in the ways that you'd necessarily... Um, hoped or assumed that it would be it it remains a product in our lineup it does it (laughs) definitely remains a product in the lineup but like yeah I I remember when we first met I mean that was probably like six or seven years ago now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know that you were attending uh, Apple's developer conference on a yearly basis because Mm -hmm. software was something that you guys wanted to, to focus on Um, Mm And one of your early uh, campaigns, like, was it Simple Bracket, right? That was, Mm -hmm. how many campaigns was that in, Simple Bracket?
2: Oh, That that was the third, I think that was the third one. Yeah, I can check real quick, yeah. And I think that was your first
0: app, wasn't it? And that was the campaign that you did for, it was March Madness. It
2: was, our first app was Framographer. Really? Uh, Yeah. Okay. And that was, um, yeah, Simple Bracket was our third Kickstarter campaign, but... Framographer was our first app. We basically, we did the Glyph Kickstarter, then we quickly followed up with Cosmonaut yep. Kickstarter. And then we kind of took a little bit of a break. Like we wrote, it will be exhilarating, our like ebook about kind of having a small business. Oh, and then we did Framographer. So we took a little bit of a break. We took like a two-year break from Kickstarter and then came back with Simple Bracket. Crazy times. And yeah.
1: in, 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 in Simple Bracket was funny because we... It was the only reason we made a Kickstarter for it was because we had to like launch it in a really small amount of time because it was timed with like, you know, the NCAA March Madness basketball tournament. And so it was like this very weird, like, um, it was just weird in general, but uh, it was like a very weird situation. And and it was like fun. I mean, I think when we were making that, we kind of knew it was like a just like a fun thing that wouldn't really make a lot of money necessarily um i didn't at know that, that time that. <laughs> well, you, well you know i don't think we were thinking like oh maybe i'm just like my mind's warped now but i was thinking i don't think we were thinking oh this is gonna we knew it was gonna be like a short window like an app that only existed for like a month and then you know went dormant or whatever so yeah because it was free you know i mean i don't know maybe i'm, I'm yeah. sure it, I'm was, it wasn't
2: fr- it wasn't free though it was a dollar it was 99 cents
1: oh yeah well on yeah oh yeah that's true yeah. Man,
2: so hard. Yeah. All of that was so tricky. She's
1: yeah. <laughs> complex.
2: Yeah, oh. that was a weird one. <laughs> but yeah, Mike, to your—it's interesting. Like, I think it's true that we have changed a lot, but I think we've also stayed the same in some significant ways and in very intentional ways. Like, I think it's interesting that like we're still using Kickstarter as a platform and still kind of in the same way. And our videos are still <laughs> the two of us saying, Hey, Kickstarter, I'm Tom, this is Dan. Like there's a lot of, we've, we, I think we've kind of shifted and, and changed and learned to adapt to certain situations, certainly. But there's been this kind of undercurrent of uh, stability too, which I think is, I don't know, kind of interesting and kind of nice in some ways.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually the thing that makes us maybe the strangest in terms of, like, businesses uh, is just, like, how consistent we've been in terms of, like, not growing on purpose and, like, and being and kind of doing just, like, sticking to the thing we want to do. Um, I think that's, like, pretty weird. Uh, And we definitely, especially in the beginning, like, we had a lot of momentum the first couple years where we could have certainly gone. It would have been very easy to, like, go in a different direction in terms of like hiring people, growth, like mm. and stuff. And so I think those, um, now it would be like a way, it, it doesn't feel like there's a bunch of momentum wanting to push us to do that. But like at the beginning there certainly was. And so, yeah, I think that it's like somewhat, you know, our it's pretty unique. I think that we're, um, kind of just doing the same thing in the context of like an online, uh you know like e-commercey business i mean obviously there's like you know like local you know businesses like restaurants or something that just do the same thing for 50 years and it's awesome but for some reason in the context of like <laughs> the internet or something you <laughs> the expectation is that you like grow and you do, you know do all this stuff um so i think in that context you know we're a little bit strange but um but yeah i mean you know i i in ten years from now, I could imagine us doing the same thing. I wonder how it will feel in ten years. Like, wow, we've we been doing the same thing for twenty years, but I don't know. I mean, who knows?
0: Uh, but at this point, why why would you assume any different, right? Because yeah, yeah. you've gone through ten years. I mean, you can you can tell me uh, if it's not the case, but you've gone through ten years seemingly pretty consistently, pretty well. I, I don't want to say easy um, mm-hmm. because obviously it's been a lot of work for you both but you've you've had a lot of success over that period of time which i think is a testament to the the minds that you have for the work that you do Mm -hmm. well thanks
1: uh yeah i mean i think it suits us i think there'll be questions like if i think about like being you know like 50 or like much older like you know 30 years from now or 20 years from now i you know my question is like will will the dynamics of like us being able to like not spot trends, but just like be our, our instincts match to our audience as well. And so it may that like might become start become a problem. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who knows. Uh, but we'll never we'll just have to find out kind of thing yeah but, but then that can, maybe you, know, you just
0: make stuff for old people right like yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah I know, exactly it's <laughs> it's
2: funny it's kind of funny to think about like we make products that we want yeah. and just like our audience grows along with us like we have fans or whatever and they stay our fans and we just keep making stuff for us which is also for them and then just by the end we're making like you know old people stuff and then We both retire. There's no harm in that. Like, what a great
0: business, you know, that you guys just continue to make the things that you want. And there are always going to be people in the world that have the same tastes as you, like there always have been. And then you just spend the next 20 years just making stuff uh, and you end up making really nice pill containers <laughs> and like, I love all these like <laughs> old <laughs> What else could you make? Like, like a nice cork walking stick, you know, and it's really nicely packaged. You know, like these are just oh. things that you continue to make into old age, and it'd be yeah, great. And I, everyone's going to be so hip. Uh,
1: I actually think that we would end up doing not, like, things like that. Because, you know, it's not like we've started making a bunch of, like, kid stuff or anything now that we've become, like, you know, very, like, family, eh, kid-minded. But, yeah. yep, yep. but I could see us doing just... I could see us, you know, moving in a direction where we're making more, like... um I mean, we're already kind of doing it with like pins and things, but just kind of more I- iconic objects. Not like the things we make will be iconic, which are like you know chair, clock kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where, I could imagine
0: you wanting to. You know, if you, I'm sure you probably already have like wanting to make things like a watch, stuff mm-hmm. like that, like things that just ultimately become a little bit more uh, timeless, right? Yes. As you say, right. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. That thing yeah. and furniture as difficult as that would be again is like it's another thing that i actually think makes a lot of sense as to like what could be like sitting here today looking at where you've come from and charting out another 10 years you know like mm-hmm. how different could that be same as like you've made uh, implements for making drinks i could imagine you wanting to make like glasses you know stuff like that mm-hmm. right yeah. like things that are um again like the idea of glassware seems so uh, wild from a material and and manufacturing process compared to what you do now but the same would have been said again you know like t- like t- maybe eight or nine years ago thinking about um creating such precise things out of metals mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. yeah. that was so far away from the the world of of producing small plastic objects mm-hmm. from molds. Well, it's directly. funny, it's not. But <laughs> I, I could, am- I I feel like again, you know that now. Yeah. But back yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. would you have looked at it and, and maybe been a bit daunted by it? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, 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 I cannot tell you how lucky we were that the first idea that we happened to have. Was also fairly straightforward to manufacture. Like, that was incredibly fortunate that we just happened upon an idea that we were excited enough about to do that was also quite simple. Like, that was really good luck. I don't
1: know. So, but that's true. That's for sure true. But also, I feel like we have perpetually been in the situation where we're like a little bit out of our depth. Mm -hmm. Like, so Mm -hmm. when I was thinking about, you know, like preparing for this podcast and thinking about like, just like, times that stick out in my mind about like the history of studio neat the things that always stick out are like basically the times where we find out like oh there's some big problem in manufacturing and like i can remember i don't know dan let me know if you remember this i think it was when we were making the cosmonaut and we were in south dakota and we We're in a hotel room and we just got the samples for the tips for the cosmonaut. And we were like testing them out for the first time. The like what we thought were like the final production tips. And there was, like, a problem with them. Like, they mm-hmm. weren't working as mm-hmm. well or something. And it was, like, in the middle of winter in, I, like, I, South I remember,
2: I remember that so clearly that it actually wasn't in our hotel room. It was in an Applebee's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We,
1: we were in a hotel room. But we went across the street to an Applebee's. Uh. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Exactly, yes. And, and it was just, like, you know, it's like this, it, it's this thing where you're, like, you think you got it. You've, like, traveled to this place to, like, see the production samples. You think you've got it all figured out. You get them in your hand and it's always just like the, oh no, (laughs) like here's, okay, here's this big problem. It doesn't work how we want exactly. And I think it's like those times where those are like the times, like that's the thing where I think we really show like us being like a good like team. And um, that's like the stuff that matters because two things are happening. One is Like the thing will usually be working, it's just not quite good enough. And often they did, I think the dynamics are like, I could kind of talk myself into being like, yeah, it sucks, but we could, it's okay. But Dan is always there being like, no, this really sucks. Like we can't, this is not good enough. And then the, 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 I usually come in with like, okay, well maybe we can try or like just start like thinking about the problem. And I think like those dynamics and like those times, are like is the thing that has like kept us going, and it's kind of like the proof in the pudding in terms of like our partnership and like and being able to kind of do these things that we've never done before, and kind of like be comfortable being like out of our depth because it happens almost every single time. I mean, like when mm-hmm. it's it's almost always the same thing where we've done the samples, we think everything's good, and then the production thing comes in and there's some problem or something, and we have to. Either it's just like a QC problem and it's like, okay, this just needs to get fixed. Or it's like a, a real problem.
0: Yeah, and, I've, I mean, like I've, I've definitely experienced that myself, right? Over the yeah. last mm-hmm. year or so. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. oh, it's definitely all done now. Like, it's 100% <laughs> all okay, surely. And then it's like, yeah. how? How did this happen?
1: Yeah. 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 And so, I, you know, I, but, but because we have been in that situation so many times, mm. Um, you know, it just gives, it like gives me confidence that we, you know, we know how to get through that. Right. The, the, like, that's a kind of the most, it's not like you're finding that out at the very beginning of the design process and you just like make some other decision. You're finding that out after you have like 1000 decisions in you're fully (laughs) committed. Right. And so it's like the worst kind of, um, situation to be in. Uh, and so, you know, it just makes me, it propels, I think the more we have that, the more we'll be willing to kind of you know, continue to kind of tread water, uh, that, you know, that's too, that's like out of our depth and, you know, kind of try new things. So, you know, I, uh, that I, I could see, you know, us kind of moving, continuing to like, you know, explore and, and stuff. Uh, for some reason we like doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Like those are just really the times that just like stick, like really stick out to me. We didn't have, and the thing is, like Dan was saying, we didn't have that for the glyph, like the first time, really. And so um, I think that really helped a lot, like mm-hmm. kind of having one under our yeah. belt at least.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to um, touch on and ask you for some particularly memorable. Things that have occurred mm-hmm. in your career. And I know uh, that, Dan, I know you've been uh, accumulating a selection of these mm-hmm. over the last <laughs> couple of weeks. So we have a shared note, and there's lots of things that have popped into the... The notes. Some of them I understand. Some of them I feel like I didn't know. And some of them I just straight up have no idea what they could be referencing. (laughs) So I I would love it if you could pick out uh, a couple of these. uh, Mike, that's the one that you don't know what you could
1: even be referencing. I'm curious. Okay,
0: (laughs) there's a quote that just says, thanks for watching and have a great day. Oh. Oh.
2: So I don't know how much... of a kind of pattern recognition our fans are, or how much they realize... Oh, is just the, your how... sign-off
0: at, at the end yeah, of Yeah, so this videos. is our... Okay. This is
2: a sign-off at the end of our Kickstarter videos. Literally every video. Maybe not the first one, but pretty much every one. Uh, one of us, I think usually Tom says, thanks for watching, have a great day. And Always me. And this is actually a reference to... Um, do you remember... We can link this in the show notes. The... Uh, jason Schwartzman, new yorker ipad app uh video that was directed by roman coppola and uh it was like a funny at the time just like a funny uh, it's like oh my gosh they got this big actor and big director to make this like new yorker ipad app video and it was a very it was almost like they were aping sandwich video like it's kind of that sort of video where uh-huh. it's like funny and entertaining and it tells you about the app and anyways at the time i re-watched it and i was like this isn't as funny as i remembered it <laughs> i remember <laughs> at the time i was like this is a really funny and an interesting way to uh promote an app but anyways uh at the end of the video he says he's like talking giving the speech and he just says thank you very much and have a great day And I always thought that was like funny and Mm -hmm. a nice way to end the video. so I actually, I guess I misquoted it because he actually says, thank you very much and have a great day and not thanks for watching and have a great day. You didn't misquote, you just created your own. Yeah, we, t- we tweaked it, yeah. we remixed we it, it. <laughs> um, and so, anyways, if anyone is wondering why we uh, end every Kickstarter video that way, that is what it is referencing. You see, because I, I didn't know that. I <laughs> figured that it was related
0: to that, but also assumed that it was a quote, and I didn't, and mm-hmm. I googled it uh in preparation for the episode and couldn't find any like thing that would suggest where it came from so that was yeah. what i wanted to know. but i i
2: suggest uh i suggest we'll link it in the show notes i suggest people watch that ad it really is like uh, a time machine like going seeing him with that original ipad yeah like, i'm looking at it he's now. like wow so you weird. can He's like explaining how to navigate the interface and it's like, nobody does this in videos anymore. Like everybody knows how to navigate like a touch interface, but, uh, it was like back then you had to actually explain it. Yeah. Jeez. I
1: thought you were going to pick up on the, uh, the, uh, the Sinbad celebrity sighting at Mac world. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. What is that? What, what is that? <laughs>
1: well, so we, we, uh, yeah, I guess... I forget what year was our first year, Dan. Was it... T- it was 2011.
2: It was, like, the okay, first... Okay, I think, yeah, 2011,
1: yeah. yeah. Right after, you know, we lost the Glyph, we went to Macworld and, and had, like, a booth when Macworld still existed. Um, and, yeah, we set up a booth, and we, like, had product to sell and, mm-hmm. like, talked to people and stuff. And was it... I forget why Sinbad was there. He's just, like, an Apple fan, right, I, I, I think
2: he was speaking. Uh, oh, like he yeah, he was... Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. there's been like a, I've seen this before, like, I've been at at WWDC things, and one of the Wayan brothers was there, and it's Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I know we've both been at a party where Mm -hmm. that has happened, and sometimes quite peculiar things occur, (laughs) yeah
1: but yeah no i mean dan i don't even did you pull like what do you specifically do you remember about dan?
2: i just remember that it was like the first year of uh mac world so it was like all of this was really new and exciting and it was just like i can't believe first, all, first year for us yeah. yeah first year for us yeah. so it was like i can't believe we like had a successful kickstarter i can't believe we're at mac world like selling our product because this this is something uh, that's
0: important for context of people that either didn't know or don't remember like so Macworld was in, it was a multiple year multiple th- times a year thing but it was in January in San Francisco mm-hmm. I think right mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it was like early in the year in San Francisco and Apple did a keynote at Macworld pretty much every year until they decided they didn't want to anymore. And at that time, they would release products the same as they do like a product uh, announcements now. Like there's a keynote that was expected and there'll be products there. But Macworld was actually put on by, this is where it gets confusing, not Macworld Magazine. (laughs) It was like a different thing, but it was the same (laughs) thing at a point, but then it became a different thing. Um, But you could go, it was a trade show. You could go And set up a booth, like so you'd pay for a booth, and you'd sell products. So people would go, they would browse the show floor, pick up products from the show floor, and there would be different talks and events occurring, and then also an Apple keynote. And it was a way for a member of the public to be able to pay money and see a keynote. Mm-hmm, and I never yeah. went to go.
2: I was going to go, and then it stopped. <laughs> so Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we're say- we're saying uh, we had a booth at MacWorld, but really it was like a small a podium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they had. It was cool because normally that would be it's like thousands of dollars to have a like a full size booth, and that would be out of reach. But I, I don't. It might have actually been the first year they started offering it. They had like an so. indie showcase or something, and I think it was mostly meant for like indie app makers but yeah. it was just a. you'd have a it was like a sea of tiny little oh, podiums basically wow. i'm
0: having it's- fun here boys <laughs> i just did a google search and there are videos macworld 2011 allison interviews tom Gerhart and dan provost oh, by man. studio oh, nee. and this is uh oh my word <laughs> look at you two. This will be in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, this wow. is, look at you, you Whoa. babies. This is yeah. fantastic. I
1: think, uh, I think didn't, uh, what's her face come by. Um, she's so big now, but, um,
2: I just like Yeah, I D. Yeah. No, that seems we like wanted we her too because we were like, uh, man, yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing if she like knew about us and you know talked about us or whatever. But she, we did not. She was MIA. We did not find her or see oh, her. Okay. <laughs> this um, is really
0: fun. there's videos of you from 2011. Videos of you from 2013. This is Allison <laughs> Sheridan. This video has 173 views on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't oh. particularly popular back in 2011 on YouTube. <laughs> Uh,
2: but anyways Sinbad was there and he bought a couple glyphs and it was amazing (laughs) 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 yeah
1: that's that's, uh, those always stick out when we get random like people tweeting at us like that they've spotted either one of our products like in a cele- like in the background of like a celebrity's house or photo yeah. or something those are all very like very like strange <laughs> always very strange <laughs> and that's those well.
0: like the, it's like the it's like a law of averages type thing right it's like mm-hmm, you sell enough mm-hmm. of those things and mm-hmm. yeah eventually you're going to you're going to you're going to start hitting weird stuff like that
1: yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. weirds. Like what, like Steve Wozniak ha- like had a like a glyph. I think or his son or something backed mm-hmm. some Kickstarters and he had a glyph and there mm-hmm. you know, like uh definitely there's been some funny things i like wasn't isn't there like a blink 182 band member or something dan that oh
2: yeah he has a material doc oh yeah
0: <laughs> that's
1: nice <laughs> just you know just random stuff <laughs> that's always kind of like a trip uh yeah reminds so of you this, that uh,
0: of this this list i'm now kind of going through this
2: i'm intrigued about what white house press release means oh yeah oh yeah that was another yeah, random i'll have to uh I have to pull up the link for that. Uh, let's see if I can find that. He, yeah, it was just like a 2011, totally random. Like nobody informed us that was this was happening or whatever. But the press release. This is September 8th, 2011. The President's American Jobs Act, fueling innovation and entrepreneurship. And he, there's just a the whole thing talking about stuff. And one sentence is right now entrepreneurs like these bakers and that's a link and these gadget makers and these gadget makers like linked to our glyph kickstarter page and it was like wow uh the white house knows about us <laughs> thanks obama <laughs> yeah thanks obama <laughs> so yeah. a simpler time but uh that was that was pretty cool you gadget makers
0: what a weird yeah. thing to do Right? Like from the White
2: House's
1: perspective. Well, you know, they're just... So that's the thing. I think that's the thing that I think is hard to remember. But like in 2010, like in 2011... The thing that we got we got so much press was because like we were doing this thing that you had not really been done before yeah. and it was so crazy that you can be like a small team of people and make yes. like a physical thing and like sell it in a store and that was just like insane and it's become so normal now mm-hmm. that's like kind of how well, every like, I mean it it's goes so back normal
0: to to what we were talking about earlier about you were the third largest Kickstarter campaign and before it was a documentary and like a website, right? Like yeah. they mm-hmm. were the types of things that people made, right? Like I have an art mm-hmm. project that uh, I want to finish, and that was the type of mm-hmm. stuff that Kickstarter mm-hmm. was for. Products, physical products, were new, right mm-hmm. back then. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. But my, I think my point more is that like that the White House would would produce a press release and, set and potentially focus the you know the, the, the attention of the nation. <laughs> On someone and not well, tell them. Well, but the narrative. <laughs> well, well but, yeah, the narrative the narrative that-
1: was like that. Oh, there's this new economy kind yeah. of thing, and mm-hmm, I think and mm-hmm. it felt that way. That like, and it and, and it's kind of true in some ways. Like, think about like all of the advertising on like, you know, like Instagram and all these kind of like e-commerce companies. The whole conceit of all the marketing is like, oh, this is like crafted by individuals, yeah. you know, and made whatever. And so it. it that's not almost never the case but i mean it it that's the kind of zeitgeist and so yeah. i think it actually kind of bore out that like you know there's this quote new economy when in reality it's not new at all but uh you know i think that was certainly the narrative and and it was and we were you know for like a couple months to push childs of that um and then you know quickly you know it became like a big thing but um So, yeah, I mean, I think it makes, you know, sense in the, you know, like, hey, we can do this new economy thing. But, you know, it was uh, I completely forgot about that. That was like very.
2: Yeah. And I I feel like it's a very uh, um, like romantic idea of like you have an idea for a product and then you make it and sell it and you can make a living doing that. Like Mm -hmm. everybody, I I feel like, has had fantasy about like, oh, I have this like cool idea for a thing I want to make, but there's like this barrier of, I don't know how to make things. But when you see those barriers kind of come down a little bit and it's like, oh, these two dudes like did it. This seems more reachable now. Mm -hmm. I think that's just like a very romantic and very kind of appealing idea to a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I don't imagine that there's any more uh ideas happening in the world, but there are more that actually get realized like that's something mm-hmm. that's changed mm-hmm. in the last ten years you know people have always had their ideas for their great invention, but how mm-hmm. would you one you wouldn't know where to begin and two you I think a lot of people would figure they'd never had permission to even think about looking right yeah. like i don't yeah. own a factory how could I possibly make something and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. things have changed and like, you know, and I will say that like you guys play a part in the history of that being a possibility for people, right? Where like now people that are creating their thing don't know who you are, but mm. you did pave the way for a lot of these companies to start becoming more successful like kickstarter was able to become more of a thing when more people were following in your footsteps which led to things like creations of companies like shopify and stuff like that because it's like well people can make stuff on their own and now they need tools right Mm -hmm. you know and so like it's kind of interesting to to look back and see that you have a a place in that story it's kind of it's kind of wonderful really
1: yeah Yeah. no it's cool i mean it's crazy i mean it's i think what happened was like we you know all there definitely were people before us like even on Kickstarter. like our friend creighton was the first person really to launch a product on the platform and you know we were never really the first but i think because it because it made such a big flash there was like a news line because we hit our funding goal so quickly and it was like all this stuff and it was an apple thing it was just like the perfect storm and it really just kind of got you know it's just like a kind of awoken the press to like this being a thing i mean like we had like a a wired like article done on us you know uh which was like crazy and it's awesome to have that as an artifact um and yeah i think that's kind of we it was cool that we were like lightning struck and we could kind of be that um thing that the press would care about so that then people could kind of see what's possible. And I mean, we were in the same position being like, holy crap, this is possible. (laughs) This this doesn't seem real. Uh, And so yeah, it's, um, it is cool that we can kind of, it's really neat that we, you know, that we can like that, 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 that I often think about, you know, like in like 50 years or something, I'm glad that like the internet exists. And You can do things like go back and watch a video, right, of in 2011 when we were, you know, (laughs) doe-eyed and uh, (laughs) macro. Like, that's really cool that this happened at a time when there'll be, like, pieces of media that are, like, left behind. Um, Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy.
2: I remember, uh, I mean, being invited to speak at the first XOXO was a real... Big moment for Mm. us, I thought. Like that was I remember when that Kickstarter like the first XOXO was actually a Kickstarter campaign, if anyone remembers, Mm -hmm. where you essentially buy your ticket through Kickstarter and uh, it was so exciting. It was like, oh my god, this is the exact conference (laughs) you would build for like me to be interested in (laughs) and uh like connecting to Studio Need and just what we're trying to do Mm. in terms of a small company making stuff on the internet. Uh so it was uh it was just so cool. I just felt like everything was happening like all at once. Like people were just coming together and forming communities and there was like a real thing happening. That was really exciting and so um Getting to speak at it was awesome. I remember being super, super nervous. But uh yeah. it uh we did it and it was and it was fine. And that's also on the internet somewhere.
1: <laughs> and that, you know, I think that kinda of somewhat broke the seal for us, you know, to do like speaking things and kinda of have more of a like a public I mean we had we definitely had some like public uh not persona but like public engagement uh before that in terms of like writing a book and stuff, but that definitely kind of yeah, like broke the seal on you know, talking about oneself to other people, which is like a weird thing to do. Um, but, you know, and it's funny, it's continued. I mean, it's so hilarious. Like, you know, with our mentorship program thing we have going on, I feel like we are always giving the exact same advice to people. And it's very similar to the advice that we were giving back then, like at the very start. Uh, and we end up, typically just kind of being cheerleaders and just being like, you know, you can do this, like, here's how to think about it kind of thing. Um, And yeah, it's just so funny that I think, and I don't think, I don't see that changing. Like I think, you know, 10 years from now, the barrier, the real barrier is going to be just like people having an idea, but just needing like a little bit of a framework about how to think approach about approaching something and, um, you know, how to how to stay authentic and simple and that kind of thing and that's kind of what we were talking about from the get-go and so uh it's funny things change but at the end of the day they don't really change that much
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's interesting to think about like what the next 10 years will bring like tom kind of alluded to this but you know is it just are we just doing the exact same thing 10 years from now or is something shifted uh or uh yeah i don't know i've been thinking a lot about uh this like widget smith thing with david smith right like everybody uh, has yeah yeah and how it's a really uh cool example of i mean people have said this but like the quote the quote overnight success where you actually just grind for over a decade and then that's how you get your overnight success yes the overnight success um, that Right. And I and I feel like that's uh we we're actually strangely in a position for something th- for that to happen where I feel like every time we release a Kickstarter, you're in a little bit of a ways buying a lottery ticket where you think you know how it's gonna go and it almost always does how it's gonna go, where it's like, Okay, we've done this before, we have our existing audience, we can roughly gauge how much You know, how many backers this is going to bring in. And generally it does, but. There's nothing inherently preventing it from getting bigger, right? Like we have our business set up in a way where if it was 10 times, 20 times as successful as normal, like we could withstand that for the most part. So that's like kind of a cool, exciting wrinkle, I guess, to what we do is there's always this chance of there being this like flash in the pan success that goes well beyond what we're used to. Yeah. And um so like that's kind of perhaps what, what keeps the uh the flame alive and brings a little bit of the excitement to each Kickstarter launch is like, yeah, this'll this'll probably do kind of how most of our projects do, but man, wouldn't that be exciting if for some reason it kind of reaches outside of our audience and finds a new audience. That's well, I mean always, I guess
0: the f- the funny thing is is um I mean that that did it you did have that mm-hmm. what that what yeah. that kind of feels In like a big way. Right. For, for David, you know, you've you've already had an element. of uh, that I want it a long again. Ago, okay, you, know? Mike. you want it again, <laughs> right. but at the yeah. same scale, right? So, like, <laughs> I'm thirsty. You go, yeah, you want you want to go from the zero to tens of thousands to tens yeah. of thousands to millions, right? Like, yeah, right. I get it. I mean, I think everybody that produces anything is always looking for that explosion. You know, like mm-hmm. whether you create content and you want the world to see it or you make products and you want the world to buy it. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is definitely a thing that everybody that produces whatever to put it out into the world is always looking for that, Mm -hmm. that next big success. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think for certain people, it goes one of two ways. It either becomes something that you are always, uh, desiring and therefore kind of get bitter about or it mm-hmm, drives mm-hmm. you yeah um and you know i think that that for, i believe that it's only people from the second column that will ever see that success if ever right mm-hmm. like it, it mm-hmm. has to be a driver not something where you see other people and you're like i'm just bitterly jealous and why isn't that me you know right <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's interesting i um yeah i wonder ha- how david uh feels <laughs> about all, all of like all of that uh it's so weird uh to be like knocked over by something like that it just feels like so abstract i'm sure that it's yeah, just the, like, the whoa, scale whoa. <laughs> that,
0: that david is is working on right now is far and away from anything that that anyone can comprehend and they're in his position you know like mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. from being a very successful developer um to to being for over a week now that one of if not the top 3 app in the world like that's not mm-hmm. that's too far right like <laughs> yeah. it's too much <laughs> you know it's yeah. like if you guys put up a kickstarter campaign and like 20 million people bought it, right like it's too yeah, far too you much know? like too it's, much. It's, it it's, would it's change things much. yeah yeah um, and i assume yeah. that that's probably something to what, what he is going through uh right mm-hmm. now like because i don't know what it is but being the most popular app in the world i'm sure is is from a user perspective a, a pretty big deal right especially Imagine how much email you must get yeah <laughs> <Imagine>. i mean <laughs> He told me at one point what his email looked like on a a a per second basis He could give me oh, a, and and that seemed like an absolutely terrifying um, thing to, to that's actually through.
2: that's actually a little i mean this is probably naive but that's a little bit that's slightly surprising that it there is a pretty big barrier from downloading the an app in the app store to emailing the developer like you actually it does take effort to actually mm-hmm. like find the email address i mean maybe he makes it super easy well right, but i'm sure that that email. shows
0: something to just how many the scale right downloads yeah i think so, <laughs> that so you know yeah. like it's a it is it surely a, you know it's a, we're all talking about this because it's so wild and i know we're all so pleased and up for him and, and also scared mm. for him but but it is such a such a thing to think about right like what it is like to work for the time that, that you have the time that he has and that there is still huge success available to you it, even though things maybe feel like they have been stable for a while Right, like I know, yeah. I felt this with with projects that I do. Is that they they see a sense of stability, and then you launch a new thing, and you can probably assume the way that it's going to go. And most of the time, you're you're right one way or another, right? Whether it's your best case or your worst case or whatever, like you know, you, you feel like you have a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, but but there are still situations where after ten years, eleven, twelve years, you can produce something that is within line with the type of stuff that you do and mm-hmm. you say, well, I think it's going to do this for me. And then all of a sudden it becomes the most popular thing in the world. Yeah, It's possible. I mean,
2: there, there's a real similarity, uh, like how you mentioned, we've experienced this before with the, with the first glyph and uh, he is uh, like riding a wave. Like he, he is the reason this is a success aside from it being like a really well done app is he knew he knows like w- the direction things are going like he's paying attention to iOS developments and he perhaps didn't know that widgets were going to be this popular and this desired but the fact that he was there day 1 like made a difference right for how successful this was probably. and yeah. so I think that has been something we've been good at, especially in the early years is kind of following trends and maybe understanding kind of what people want to do with their phones or, or kind of where things are going. Um, And so that can be, that's like a huge asset. Again, it is like a little bit like a lottery ticket. Like you're having to kind of hold your finger in the air and see which way the wind is blowing. But um, that's something that, Perhaps maybe we've gotten away from a little bit with kind of the stationary stuff where it's a little more evergreen and we're just like, this is just a nice thing and our audience will like it and they're fun to make. But it's interesting to get back in that headspace of like, let's actually try to um, kind of time something or have something that speaks to the zeitgeist or is going to fill a need that people are they're experiencing right now or we think will soon and Mm -hmm. i I think that's kind of an interesting headspace to be in
1: we've definitely i mean we've absolutely moved away from that you know Mm -hmm. like we used Mm -hmm. to be intentional about that uh yeah and we've absolutely moved away from that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and like we even yeah like totally and so yeah i think that's kind of what i was talking about when i was like thinking you know thinking about 10 years from now or, or you know 20 years from now you know um my inclination would be to think that it would be way less likely that we would be, you know, on any kind of trend. You know, we, it's more about like deep currents of like what people need or what people want or whatever. But I mean, obviously we could like change that at any time. Um, But typically I think, you know, as you get older, like you're not as involved in like, you know, quicker trends or like being really up on stuff and so you know Mm -hmm. it would be natural that like we wouldn't be like in the thick of it but um but i don't know i mean who knows like who knows but i think that yeah i think that's definitely like something that's changed but i mean i think we've that's been somewhat intentional like Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. it may just be like a comfort level thing but like we know, I think we're always resistant to like, sometimes we will see that wave. We'll be like, let's just let that one go by because we know how stressful it is and what that means for the design process. Because when you put that time constraint on things, like it really, it, you know, it, it it causes a lot of stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'll be curious to see, you know, see if we keep that up, but that's definitely been like an intentional change we've made. And, the, you know, the momentum at this point is going, you know, not towards that in some ways. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess we're working on something now that is a little bit uh, catch a wavy. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that is a huge change uh, from when we were starting and now. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who, who, maybe, Dan, maybe we should commit to having some weird hobbies so that we can be riding <laughs> waves again. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Thoroughly considered as a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm/tc/62.